0: Learn more online at MediaMakingChange.org. Today on our show, we're focusing on the work of Northwest Trail Alliance.
1: This is Phil Bussy It's the nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I am joined by Paul Hobson, uh, Vice President of the Board of Directors for the Northwest Trail Alliance, uh, who has come in from the outdoors, uh, where he seems to spend most of his time, uh, to talk to us about their mission for mountain bikes. How are you doing?
2: Great, thanks for having me.
1: I know that was, that was, that was sort of cheapening what your mission is a little bit. You guys do more than mountain bikes. You guys are, it's, it's a broader project about sustainability, Recreation, protecting, improving.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that's fair to say. Um, you know, uh, I would say at our core, our mission is about providing uh, close to town and ideally in town when possible, access to nature for the entire Portland co- community. Um, you know, uh, if you're living out in... Far East Portland, uh, getting you know to Forest Park can be kind of tricky. You know, we we look at Forest Park as this wonderful gem, and it is, but not everyone is fortunate to live close to it. And so, and,
1: okay. and can I interrupt a little bit too, because not all, not all the trails uh, are mountain bikes welcome on in Forest Park.
2: That's certainly true, and and our focus right now is looking for opportunities to where access to nature can be improved and expanded. Um, And we try to always do so with an eye towards sustainability, um, specifically in our trail construction and maintenance practices. Um, And so what that means is we like to work, work with the land, not against it. So no, no, secret here, Pacific Northwest gets a lot of rain. And so m- managing water on a trail is a challenge. And so we, uh, the mountain bike community in general has developed a lot of best practices about managing water on a trail that have been adopted by the, the US for- Forest Service. And we, you know, we, we, we like to bring those to the table as part of how we can help the community at Arch.
1: Yeah. And, and where do you get to this? You you are a civil engineer trained in soil erosion. So this is this is something you know the forward backwards about. Um, let's not jump ahead of the story quite yet, though. Sure. Um, and I also should put out my disclosure. I am a pain member of Northwest Trail Alliance and, and oh. uh, hooked in because of the, I call them the scapoose trails. I think there's a more <laughs> official name. Uh,
2: we're going with the Rocky Point trails because uh, they're located right off of Rocky Point Road near Scapoose. Um, and yeah, that's um, I, I view that as a one of our larger successes in the past few years.
1: It's an incredible space. I mean it, it is uh, nice rolling terrain. Uh, and you can correct me on what I don't get correct here, but it's done someone in partnership with I want to say warehouser or at least that there, is correct. There's some, there's some active logging in mm-hmm. that area um so it's making use of sort of it's an sort of quasi public land and opening it up and i mean astonishing viewpoints uh some pretty humbling climbs and some some good screaming downhills i mean it, it can't get much better and you know scapoose is not that far as long as you hit the traffic okay
2: that that's correct if uh if we're talking about trails that one could ride uh, from my house in Woodstock, um, the closest parts in town are the few sections of trail open in Forest Park to mountain bikes. There's Powell Butte, which is a very crowded, very popular for very good reason park near near southeast por- Portland, where you know a mountain bike, uh, while w- welcome there, is maybe not best enjoyed during peak hours. Uh, then there's Sandy Ridge, uh, 55 minutes to the east, and on a good traffic day, the Rocky Point trails are about 35 minutes from southeast Portland.
1: Yeah, and I, I, w- I want to touch on a few of these things because mountain biking uh, needs advocacy, um, and and it needs some it needs some control. Uh, so so let me start with the advocacy because. Um, We're talking about multi-use when you talk about Forest Park, not so much Rocky Point, but we're talking about multi-use and and dog walkers and mountain bikes don't necessarily shouldn't necessarily share the same space. Yeah. Um, And and um, so talk about some of the advocacy or some of the PR work that the organization does or feels like it needs to do. Sure.
2: So there's. There's a lot of facets to this, um, and we could go into great detail on so many of them. Uh, you know, when it comes to perhaps more traditional advocacy efforts, you know, we do our best to represent the Portland area mountain biking community in putting forth our our best selves as. Uh, people who can partner with Portland Parks, who can partner with the Oregon Department of Forestry and with the U.S. Forest Service, and maintaining and creating new recreational experiences for as many users as possible. Uh, We maintain trails that have uh, equestrian access, that have hiker access, you know, dogs, of course, Um, and, and we try to be as big of a tent as possible. You know, some land managers approach us and say, hey, here's a good opportunity for a mountain bike only trail. And we're going to jump at that too, because there are things you can do when it's a mountain bike only trail that you can't do otherwise. But when you're maintaining building trail for the community at large, there are lots of best practices that we want to put to use. And that is managing the grade so that, um, you know, things don't get going too fast, and out of control. There's managing sight lines so that uh the cyclists can look further down the trail and see what's coming ahead. Uh and 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 that's a two-way street with you know pedestrians and e- equestrians being being able to hear and see other trail users of any type. You know, I've I've been hiking on trail, come around a tight switch back and been like kind of startled by a horse myself because I just didn't know it was coming up. Um, and so, to the extent that you can manage user conflicts in a way that improves the trail experience, that's part of what we try to bring to the table.
1: Yeah, and then on the other end of it, it is um, not just trying to open things up, um, but also trying to maybe keep a lid on things, as it were, um, because an important part of, uh, you know, let's call it proper mountain biking is an, an important part of your mission is stewardship, which means. Um, controlling and limiting uses. So, I mean, you're sort of both trying to open up opportunities as well as limit them. Uh, is, is that a fair assumption or?
2: You know, I, I'm gonna have to give that some thought. Um, in, in terms of limiting things, uh, I like to think that we have a, a fairly clear-eyed views, a clear-eyed view of where of areas where mountain biking isn't appropriate or a good experience for all users, um, uh, you know, like there are some some soils and trails that are difficult to work with, and there are some grades that are very difficult to work with. Um, you know, there's reasons why trails exist where they are and don't exist where they don't already. Um, Again, we we do try to put the community's best foot forward in terms of encouraging users uh, to to play by the rules and be a good member of the community. Um, Social trails, as they are called, uh, maybe trails that aren't uh, on anyone's official list of things that exist. Uh, Those are created by all users. Um, you know, you, you go into Forest Park, there are footpaths that people have made um, to get to a cool spot, uh, perhaps to find a little bit more solitude from the crowded nature of the park, or, you know, just uh, just just to see something different there. And it's Northwest Trail Alliance's uh, core mission to help foster a recreational landscape where all of those needs are met.
1: And, and before we go to a song break, I want to talk about some of the goals that were listed. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're interesting in that. So increase membership to 4,000 diverse members in 2020. That's, that's, that's a lot of people. Truly, truly. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's changed how we operate. Um, the, the next one, though, is build 10 miles of new trail per year. Now, you know, I'm not trying to be insulting, but that doesn't seem that ambitious. Or is it, do I just not know what it takes to build a a mile of trail?
2: Um, uh, I I can relate to how you feel, but in the past three years, having gotten more involved in the actual digging, it is hard work. And it's it's not only hard work to do the digging. um, if, If a crew of 10 people build a quarter mile of trail in a day, that is a huge day. That, that, that was either easy terrain or just a monumental effort that should be applauded and commended and high fives given all around. Um, but that's not even considering how much effort goes into scoping the trail, walking off trail through raw forest and deciding where is this going to go? What's going to happen? What are we going to encounter? You know, uh, digging small test pits in the soil to see if this is an appropriate place to even put the trail, thinking about, you know, like if you walk a new line in Janu- in sorry, in June, you gotta think, okay, in February, when it's been raining for four months, what is this actually going to be like? And so there's all this time that goes in to finding a new trail before you even put a single shovel in, in dirt.
1: All right, I will, I will back off and say that the <laughs> 10 miles is ambitious. And, and then I want to know, so before we go to Song here, uh, the last goal that was listed is become the most recognized and trusted land stewardship partner in Oregon. Uh, again, ambitious, but I want to know who's in competition with you for that title?
2: I mean, there's other mountain bike groups, of course. Uh, a lot within the state to list. Uh, Coda, uh, the Central Oregon Trail Alliance is very large, and they have a very uh, broad portfolio of trail systems that they maintain, from Prineville to Bend, and just all around. Uh, and you know, there's Disciples of Dirt of and Seda, and just all of these great groups doing great work. Uh, but where Northwest Trail Alliance is, I think, uniquely positioned to, to excel is the fact that we have such a strong membership in, in, this, in the state of Oregon's population center. And for being the population center, the writing opportunities around us are, are somewhat lacking, but there's so much potential here. And our work with Warehouser, our work with ODF and US Forest Service, I think can take us a long way in becoming truly stewards of the land, not just the, the trails.
1: Paul Hobson is the vice president for the board of Northwest Trail Alliance. Uh, let's, 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 let's go to a little music. What did you bring in for us?
2: Uh, so a song that's really been just, just a total earworm for me is minimum brain size by King Gizzard in the Lizard Wizard. The, the reason why uh, that this song really resonates with me uh, sonically, uh, not not speaking of the title itself, is uh, that band's ability to innovate and continually produce uh, great music. Uh, and this in particular is from an album where they refretted all of their guitars to get uh, Microtonal sounds that maybe aren't on a traditional Western scale. And it, it's that kind of out of the box thinking that I want to bring towards mountain biking at advocacy and uh, life
1: in general. Let's take a listen. This is the nonprofit happy hour next X Ray FM. Bu it's the nonprofit happy hour and x-ray FM we're talking to Paul Hobson who's vice president of the board of directors for Northwest Trail Alliance with which advocates for new mountain bike trails and uh, works on recreation opportunities as well as stewardship uh, through mountain biking let's talk a little bit about you um, you 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 you're from Atlanta or you went to school in Atlanta is that right both,
2: both. I I grew up in the south I uh, was educated in the south and um moved out here the first chance I got.
1: Um, uh, we're going to go off topic for a second. (laughs) Can you explain why people like boiled peanuts? They never quite grab my attention.
2: Oh, oh oh, man. Um, uh, I'll try my best to be both scientific and emotional about this. They are delicious and they take on such a unique texture when you really get them in that deep brine. And, uh, I mean, it's kind of like uh, similar to why, you know, uh, chips are good. You know, it's kind of salty, but it's peanuts. So you still like, you kind of get to fidget with your hands and uh, you know, it's just kind of a good way to pass time sitting out on your porch, just sweating in the heat. Uh, And I like to think that the salt is uh, an adaptation for just having spent, you know, the past 16 hours of daylight, just sweating. From the heat and humidity, that you know, you got to replace that salt.
1: That was the most extensive argument I've heard, it's, and and pretty <laughs> compelling. Um, so, so Atlanta is that where you started mountain biking? Were were there trails around there, or did is this something you picked up when you relocated to Pacific Northwest?
2: Uh, So, that's a great question. I I dabbled in off road cycling in Atlanta, but it was not a big part of my life. I was more of a road cyclist, second and a cycling commuter first. Um, I was a little more involved, not to the extent that I'm involved with mountain biking now, but I was pretty involved in just general bike advocacy in Atlanta. Um, 15 years ago, uh, Atlanta was a pretty hostile place to ride a bike, you know, commuting through downtown, much more so than here in Portland, you had to ride as if you were invisible. And that was your kind of your guiding principle Moving to the Pacific Northwest in 2008, uh, the level of infrastructure and uh, courtesy afforded to me seemed like I was on a different planet when I came here. Uh, But interesting, in some respects, Atlanta is starting, I think, to overtake Portland in terms of building separated bike infrastructure and uh, just kind of moving their needle forward, whereas Portland continues to make progress, but maybe some of the cycling advocates feel like we've stagnated a little bit. But interestingly, Atlanta arguably has more access to offered cycling than Portland
1: does.
0: Well,
1: that is interesting. I mean, it's it's, it's such a massive urban area, uh, you know, in, in, in a way that, that Portland isn't necessarily. Um, I spent one summer in Atlanta and just remember driving distances and, and multiple lane highways. I mean, just just highways like I'd never seen. So yeah, um, I find that that really interesting.
2: If I may kind of tie this back into Northwest Trail Alliance, um, one of the things that we'd really like to see are urban off-road corridors. So just little pockets of co- connectivity where you can get cyclists parents, children off of the road, not because they don't belong there, but because it can be very relaxing to cut through a patch of trees, you know, and you can cool off for a second in the shade, you can listen to the birds, and you can still make your way through town without the kind of infrastructure required to fully separate cyclists from cars.
1: So, I mean, this seems like a real working with Northwest Trail Line seems like a real uh, perfect sort of uh, marriage for you in terms of what your uh, what your heart likes and what your head knows. I mean, so you are a civil engineer in soil erosion. Um, Did that preface mountain biking? Did did that? Did that? Is there any connection between those two, or how is how are they connected for you? Uh, you
2: know they, they developed, I would say completely independently. Um, my, my, my master's thesis was about uh, erosion and uh, specifically uh, studying the prop the properties of soil that would allow a civil engineer to predict levels of erosion. And you know I was doing that work in Atlanta. I was becoming a commuter and road cyclist as that was happening uh and then I moved out here and uh um you know things just kind of went where they were and I you know started mountain biking and I started talking to the existing uh trail at advocates in town and sort of hearing their concerns and what they were up against and I thought I think I can lend a hand here
1: and um I was going to say, we're down to probably our last question here. And I wanted to ask a little bit about that. So, you know, you obviously have a passion for mountain biking. You have an understanding about uh, trails and soil erosion and, and uh, but you're on the board of directors. Is this your first board of directors? It is.
2: It is. This is the first nonprofit that I've really taken a large role in.
1: You know, and, and, and boards are not, I mean, this is not always sexy or wild. I mean, it's, it's often, you know, spreadsheets instead of mud flaps. Um, <laughs> How is it, uh, what What are you enjoying about it?
2: So one, I just want to say that um, the current board of directors of the Northwest Trail Alliance are just some of the, the best friends and best people that I've had the, the the pleasure of working with. And our our volunteers, you know, like the way that they bring their passion to the work and help us achieve the, the mission uh, really does uh, put a positive spin on the world that could be a little tough to deal with lately. Okay. Um, and you're right. It is more spreadsheets than digging with tools in the dirt. Uh, but to the extent that I can uh, empower the people who are doing that and help them be more per- productive, uh, that itself is, you know, that's very rewarding, and someone's got to do it.
1: Paul Hobson is the Vice President of the Board of Directors for the Northwest Trail Lines. Thanks for taking the time, and as a a mountain biker, uh, uh, thank you for all the work that you guys are doing.
2: This is my pleasure. Thank you.
0: by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corps that holds to what it calls a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussie. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.